Hey, good morning. Hello, Dal. It's a good morning to be in church, isn't it? I love um, holidays. I don't know about you. I love, not that I'm, I'm not having a holiday. It's school holidays. Uh, I love it. I my kid isn't big enough to go to school yet. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Do you love holidays? Anyway, I love holidays because I love kids in church. I think it's so good. Hey, SBC kids. Okay, wait. Just, ever, just grown-ups, don't listen for a second. SBC kids, I'm just going to say hello to you and then just like make sure all the grown-ups know you're here, all right? Are you ready? Hey, SBC kids. It's so good. Uh, so we have lots of grace and lots of love for little people in church. So if there is someone small making noise next to you this morning, making it hard for you to hear me, that's fine. You can listen to a podcast later if you want. Uh, we love, love, love having kids in the service. I'll tell you what else we love having in the service. Pastor Brad. Pastor Jackie. Pastor Steve. The whole team is home, and still somehow it's me and Brocky up here. Just the A team, what can I say? I take it back. Don't ever all of you leave again. We missed you. We missed you. Nah, we were all right, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, Hey, we're starting a new series today. Are you excited? We've just finished um, Stories of Hope, and they were good. They were really good. If you missed them, please, I encourage you, go back and watch them. Uh, Bonnie talking about prayer, Nina talking about uh, how faithful God was, Scott and Tamara sharing uh, how God has provided for them. There were some good, good stories, uh, not just like cool stories for them, but amazing stories to encourage our hearts. So if you miss them, uh, please go back and, and watch them. But today we're starting a new series uh, and it's called Hearing God, Hearing God. And it's a, call, it, it, it's a series about prayer. It's a series about prayer. And I'm, ex- I'm excited, that excited. Uh, because prayer is so, uh, it's, it's so good. Like, I, I'm humbled by the fact that we have the gift of prayer. The fact that the God who uh, created the heavens and the earth and us uh, has given us the ability to speak to him, but not even just speak, speak to him and hope that it's landing somewhere there, but to speak to ears that listen and respond. Like, what a privilege and what, a, what an incredible gift that God has given us, the church, us, his creation. What an incredible, incredible gift that we have the ability to communicate with the living God. Like, that's amazing. And I I get very excited and then a touch overwhelmed because where do we begin? Like, where where do we even begin? And the guys are going to spruik this a bit later, but I'm absolutely 100% so stoked to say that we're running a prayer course in this coming month. I think it starts the 11th. The, the guys will let you know in our MC spot later, but thank goodness, because how could we possibly cover all that there is uh, to talk about and to consider and understand about prayer in a three-week series or a couple of sermons because of the depth of what it is, uh, because of the wonder of what it is and the power that there is in it. How, how could we even begin? Because when I thought, well, where will I begin? I was like, I know, the Lord's Prayer. That's a good one. It's very well known. It's a good, it's a, it, that's what it says, that we, we call it that, the Lord's Prayer. That is a good place to begin when we're talking about prayer. And when I tell you, I read two verses and was like, that is enough challenge. <laughs> that is enough uh, encouragement. That is enough for my heart today. So that's what, we're going to look at two verses. Imagine how long it would take us. I mean, we're doing John very slowly. If you've been uh, coming to church at all this year, you know we are moving very slowly through John. Imagine how slowly we would go. <laughs> 
if we were doing two verses at a time. But I hope that this morning, as we look uh, at the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer, that you will be encouraged as I was and challenged as I was about uh, our position uh, when it comes to prayer, our perspective on what prayer is and our perspective on who God is and how that changes things. Because for me, three questions sort of came up. So if you're looking for like, how do I take a note? How do I um, make this something that is not just a cool Sunday sermon, but something that I think about during the week? There's three questions and I'll, I'll point them out to you as we go. We're going to read... We're going to read, I was going to say, we're going to read the Lord's Prayer. We're not, we're going to read the first two verses of the Lord's Prayer, which uh, you can find in Matthew 6, 9. And the very beginning of it is this. Uh, This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how far I got. (laughs) That's how far I got. And I promise there's good, good stuff just in those few sentences. The first um, sort of thing that strikes me is in that first sentence, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And for me, this uh, is a question of the position of God in our life. How do we see who he is? How do, we, uh, how do we experience who God is? What is the position of God in our life? How do you see God? How do you see God? Do you see him as a father in heaven or as something different? Not just, uh, not just a father, but a heavenly father, a good and loving father who cares for his children. A God who is willing to bless us, especially when we ask. In fact, uh, so the Lord's Prayer is in chapter 6. In chapter 7, we read uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, you go, if you have a son, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Do we see God as a loving father? Yes. yes. Come on, SBC kids. Do we see God as a loving Father, is that where we begin? When we come to our prayer, when we come to hearing from God, when we come before him, do we see him as a loving father who cares deeply for his children or as something else? I don't know about you, but there has been different seasons of life where I've come with different biases or different feelings perhaps about who God is or how he feels about me. But can I encourage you this morning, he is our father and not just an earthly father because sometimes they're not a great example of father. Sometimes they are. But a heavenly father who knows how to give good gifts to his children, who loves us unconditionally, who cares deeply for us, our father and in heaven. So not only is he a good, good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children, he is in heaven, high and lifted up above all, a God over heaven and earth, a God who reigns above it all, a father, a father who reigns above it all and loves us deeply. I'm humbled. That humbles me. That humbles me in the best way, that I get to say, my father in heaven who reigns above it all, who is powerful and, and, and mighty, 
my father. I get to call God my father in heaven. How do you see God before you even begin to pray? How do you see God? What declaration of who God is do you make? And how does that change how you see everything else? Because if we see God as a loving father, it tells us one thing about what we think he will do and how he will act and how he will love us and how he will hear our prayers. But if we think something else about God, how, do, how does that change? Do you feel me? How do we see God, our father in heaven? What position does he have in our life? The next sentence then is, hallowed be your name. So this for me becomes about uh, how we praise his name, right? How do we praise his name? How do we lift up who he is? Because it's a declaration. Holy is your name. Holy are you, God. That's how we begin our prayers. Our Father who reigns in heaven, holy are you. And it's not like holy is the name God. It's holy are you, God. Holy is God. God who is powerful and present and all-knowing and all-loving, a God who provides and who reigns from heaven above in all of his wisdom and glory as part of the Trinity, as a protector and a comforter and provider and advocate and a God who is merciful and forgiving and loving. Holy is that God, our Father in heaven, that holy, holy God. Do we come to him in prayer? Do we come to hear from him declaring, you are a good and holy God? You're a good and holy God because it is who you are. You're a good and loving father because that is who you are. Not because of how you have answered my prayers before. Like we come to like remembrance and, and knowing that he is good and faithful, but just because of who he is, we can come to him in praise. We can come to him with an attitude of worship. What position does our heart take? Do we praise him? What position does God have in our life? And why do we praise him? Why do you praise him? That's the question. Why do you praise God? Is it because of who he is and how worthy of our praise he is? Or is it because of something else? Is it because he is good This like sort of brings a question to, to my mind of when, when did I just last absolutely just praise God? And maybe this is just like a pastor problem or maybe it's a problem of people who have come to church a lot or serve on teams. But sometimes I can't, that's where I sit in the new configuration. Has everyone got a new seat where they sit now that we've changed the chairs? Your favourite spot. That's where I sit now. Used to be over there, now it's here. Uh, I come in and I sit where I sit and, uh, and I think that light's too bright and I think the, the, the bass could be louder and the drops, and, I, and my mind wanders and I feel distraction. But when was the last time we really came into his presence and praised him just because he was good? Can you remember the last time that truly, truly you just came into his presence and praised him? not worrying about uh, what noise your children were making or uh, what you were going to have for lunch after church or um, if you could remember to talk to that new person that you saw during the mingle, don't forget. When was the last time we just tuned all of that out and praised him? Just praised him for who he was. Can you remember? 
Can you remember? It's okay if you can't. It's okay if you can't. But it is a question to ask and be honest. Because when we come into his presence and when he prays, what I know about praising God and what I know about calling him holy and what I know about declaring his goodness is that when we get in proximity to his presence like that, it changes things. There is so much power in proximity to the presence of God. And so when we get given the opportunity to ask the hard question of when did I last really lean in to his presence? When did I really praise him? Just because he is good and faithful and loving. Just because he is God, a holy, holy God. Can you remember the last time that you really, truly did that? If, if you can't, or if you need some encouragement or uh, help in that, the Psalms are amazing. The Psalms are amazing. Sometimes, if you're, if you're, <laughs> we're talking about like spirit and truth at church this year. Sometimes I think if you're like a real truth person, you're like, I like the serious books. I like the serious teaching. I like the deep stuff. And then I'm making an assumption here because my tendency would be to be a spirit person. And we're really trying to like, if you haven't heard Pastor Brad's message on spirit and truth, you need to. But my tendency would be to be a spirit person, right? So I'm like, the Psalms are amazing. Uh, Not everyone feels like that. Anyway, Psalm 145 has some really, I mean, lots of the Psalms, but this one just during the week was speaking to me. There's some amazing phrases in here. So if you, if you don't even have the words to speak, you don't know in this season of life how to call God holy, turn to the Psalms. Speak them out. Declare his goodness. I'm going to uh, just read some of them, some of these phrases to you. This is in Psalm 145. Great is the Lord and worthy of our praise. His greatness no one can fathom. From the valley, we declare it. From the mountaintop, we declare it. We praise his holy name, right? The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love. He is good to all. And his compassion, he has compassion on all that he has made. Whether we find ourselves in a good season or a difficult season, we declare it because that is who he is. That is who he is. The Lord uh, is trustworthy in his promises and faithful in all he does. He upholds those who fall and lifts all who are bowed down. He is righteous in his ways and faithful in all he does. He is near to those who call him. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him and he hears their cries and he saves them. Gosh, if the only thing we had to praise God for was our salvation, that would be enough. That would be enough. We praise him because he is good and holy and faithful and he saved us. That would be enough. He holds this position in our life of a loving father, a loving heavenly father, and we praise him because he is holy. We praise him because he is holy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. We praise his name, the Father in heaven. Because the thing I know about praise is when we come into proximity of the presence of God, there is power and things change. Things change. And actually that comes to that next, next verse in the, in the Lord's Prayer, which uh, is your kingdom come and your will be done. I think truly it's only from a position of knowing that he is a good and holy God knowing that he is worthy of our praise, knowing that he is a loving father who reigns, that we can say, your will be done. From that position of, of, of praise, from that position of faith, from that position 
of believing he is who he says he is, that's where we can then confidently declare, God, in this situation, in my life, in my family, in this trial, in this mountaintop season of joy, in this valley of death and darkness and difficulty, your will be done. Your will be done, God, because you're a good and loving Father. Your will be done, God, because you are holy. That is who you are. Our Father in heaven who is holy. It gives us new perspective. It gives us perspective to say. So then the question is, from what perspective, from what perspective do you see your life and your calling and and the challenges that you face? Do you see it from, from a, a heavenly perspective, believing that God is willing and able to intervene, that he is good? Uh, it makes me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if he does not, he is still good. Even if my prayer is not answered in the way that I hope, he is still good. A good and loving God. The king, and, and, and then call the kingdom of heaven. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is one of grace and righteousness and peace and joy and holiness and healing and restoration. That is what we declare when we say, we trust you, God. Your kingdom come in this situation. Your will be done in this moment. Whatever circumstance, God, I trust you. From what perspective do you see your life, your calling and the challenges that you face? Do you have a perspective of how am I going to get through this? Or do you have a perspective of what can stand against me if God is with me? Because when we get into the presence of God, when we stand with Jesus, the things that stand before us fall at his feet. The things that stand before us, the things that come before us fall at the feet of Jesus, at the name of Jesus. If we can trust him and walk with him and journey with him, there is power in proximity to his presence. It gives us the perspective. Lots of P words, isn't there? The perspective to say, your will be done, God. Let it fall at your feet. And even even if not, I trust you. Even if not, I trust you. That's just the first three, the first two verses of the Lord's Prayer. I like, I could not even, that was already enough for me to come come to the God, see him for who he is, acknowledge who he is, declare that he is holy and worthy of praise and that his will above my will always, his will above my will always. And maybe some of you are like, that's cool, but it's a bit simple, Lauren, Yeah, but I think sometimes simple things are profound. Simple things can be profound. That in whatever season of life, this simple idea works. This simple idea brings us closer to God, brings us closer to who he is, closer to his heart. How do you see him? How do you see him? Why do you praise him? And what perspective do you see your life your calling and the challenges you face from. Uh, We've been talking this year, one of the sort of the big overarching themes for SBC this year is about spirit and truth, right? How many of you were here when Pastor Brad was talking about that, right? Spirit and truth. 
and how these two things work together in the body. And we all sort of have a natural one way or another, but they also work together in our body, that we should be people of spirit and truth who come to God and worship him in spirit and truth. Well, um, so this very, like, wise... I'm going to call her a friend of mine, very wise friend of mine. Uh, her name's Kathy. She has, like, collated... I can give you the document so you can see, like, all her references and resources, but she's collated all this, like, wise, wise person thinking about the ways that we naturally engage with God, the ways that we naturally engage with who he is. Because when we want to hear God, we want to get into his presence, but then what? Like, then how do we hear him speaking to us? And, like, the, the, the thing that I think most sermons like this would say is like, well, read your word and get into worship. Like, that's it. Get into, get into the word and recognize his voice. And yes, absolutely. And get into his presence in worship and, and praise him. Absolutely. But I think that there is some like more nuanced um, sort of things to that. So I'm just going to share with you some of the, some of the findings that Kathy, Kathy put out there. And I hope that you will relate to some of them. And there's a bit of a challenge. Anyway, so she, she proposed that there's like a few ways that it's like a personality, like a personality type. Like how do we, how do we know God? How do we engage with him? Um, how do we feel his presence? How do we come into his presence? How do we feel closest to him? Uh, and the, the, these ideas are that there's some like diversity in how we do that. And that's beautiful, right? Uh, so the first one would be uh, there's people who are what is called an activist. So they feel a closeness with God as they act. They have a powerful sense of justice uh, and vision. So these people uh, are people who are like, there is uh, the, the sort of like front edge people, right, who are like, and we, and we have to, this is right and this is wrong and people deserve to be valued and they're just like, that's how, that is when they feel a closeness to God, when they're sort of pushing forward in, in, his, uh, in his work, when they're, when they're uh, these like trailblazing kind of people who are like, come on, we've got we to gotta get into those dark places, we've got to love people. That's when they feel a closeness with God. They hear God in those times when they're acting to bring out the potential that God has placed in other people. Some of you are like, that's weird. I don't feel God. And then some of you are like, that is 100% me. I feel like I hear from God when I'm right out there on the front edge. When I'm right, some of you are like, yes. And some of you are like, no, Lauren, absolutely not. That's fine. Maybe, maybe you're more, of a, um, uh, more contemplative. These people feel a closeness with God most naturally when they tune out distractions times of reflection come really naturally to them. They hear from God when they make time to listen uh, quietly for God's voice. Again, some of you are like, yes, that is when I hear from God. And others are like, absolutely not. That sounds like the worst five minutes because that's how long I would manage to do that for of my life. <laughs> There's ways that we all naturally engage with God. Maybe you're more informational. This is the one I wish I was because in my mind, I feel like all the very like wise biblical theological people I know are this and I wish I was this. These people feel a closeness with God as they learn more about God. They hear from him when they are immersed in a good book or a podcast or a class or a deep thought or learning something new. They hear God speaking to them in those times. They feel a closeness with him. They experience his presence. I wish I was this one. I'm not. 
you'll know which one I am when we get to it, but maybe this is, maybe this is you. Uh, I was going to say this next one. I feel like if I say it wrong, it implies that like, I think you're like in love with trees or something. Um, naturalist. That's the right way. Uh, these people feel a closeness with God in the outdoors. Uh, it moves their hearts and strengthens their faith. These are the people who come to you and they're like, have you heard about leaves? <sighs> we all, someone, right? someone who's laughing. Like, but you, like, we know those people, right, who are like the leaves. You've got to, you have got to learn about the, and the way the trees can talk to each other. Isn't God incredible? And for those of you who are the, the same, are like, yes, it is incredible. And for those of you who aren't, are like, I do not get it. <laughs> These people feel a closeness with God. They hear from God in his creation. With all the goodness of creation around them, they hear from him. They feel his presence. And they hear, uh, they hear from God. Then the next one we have is relational people. This is me, if you weren't sure. These people feel a closeness to God when they are in close community with his people. They hear from God as they discuss and uncover truth together. But what about this and how about that? And this scripture says, as they sort of wrestle through things like that together, that's when they feel like they hear best from God. When they hear best from God. Uh, Sensate people, this one is like, I think this one's incredible. They feel close to God as they experience all the goodness around them through all of their senses. Now, okay, so these are the people who are like, isn't God just so good for giving us coffee? It's beautiful, isn't it? The taste, the flavour, the smell. These are the people who are like, the music is just that, the way that little piano, oh, you know, like, <clears throat> I would say these people fall into the spirit side, right? Like, these are the people who are just... The way they experience the world around them in all its entirety, not just nature, not just relation, but like as they experience God through their senses, they see his blessing. They feel his presence. They hear from God as they are humbled by all the blessings that they taste and see and smell and, and what's the other sense? Around them. Our servants feel God as they are engaged actively in service of him in a community committed to his mission. They hear from God as the Spirit leads them to those in need. Traditionalists feel close to God when they see his promises and goodness through routines and rhythms of remembrance. They hear God when they remember him at Easter and Advent and Christmas and Pentecost and during communion, that these times of, uh, of repetition and remembrance, that's when they hear from God. Some of you are like, no, and some of you are like, yes, right? Because we're all so different. And then there's the worshippers who feel close to God. This is probably the one that's most, like when we think of people who are spirit, this is what we think of. Worshippers feel close to God as they worship him in song and music and praise. They hear from him when they come to him before him in worship and are lost in his presence. That's when they feel they hear from God, when they have intimacy with him and they hear his voice. There's two things I want to say about all of these things. You are probably naturally one of them, maybe more. Good. 
I don't know about you, but when, so I, there's some that you're like, yes, absolutely. Informational people get into their Bible. They're amazing. Worshippers come into the presence of God and worship God. Amazing. Some of the other ones, I was like, okay. When, they told, when, I, when I first saw this research, when I first saw this collated and, and Kathy said to me, yeah, so you're relational, I was like, I've been thinking my whole life that I was a terrible reader of the word, that I was a terrible worshipper, that I, that I just, that the way that I experienced God, that the way that I dove into the depths of who he was, that the way I came to understand him, that it just, it wasn't like legitimate or something. But actually, it's perfectly fine if the way that I engage with God, I mean, like, I'm a person who reads my word, I'm a person who comes into worship, it's not an excuse to not, uh, to press into God in other ways, but first, can I just affirm you, if you're one of the ones where maybe you thought, like, oh, that, yeah, but that's just, like, that's just me, like, I just like the outdoors, it's not, you know, like, that's not, a re- it is, it's so legitimate that that's how you experience God. It's so legitimate that that's where you hear his voice. It's so legitimate that that's where you come to know more of who he is. First, feel so affirmed in that. And then secondly, one of the challenges this year around spirit and truth is like, what else do we press into? What else in this? And like, I I can send you the list. I can give you more information about all of these types. But like, what else can you press into? Like, if you're a person who's so informational and just would love to like read and consume and maybe it's time to get outdoors and experience the presence of God, how the sun feels on your skin, how the, how the leaves work. If you're a worshipper, maybe it's time to sit down with someone and really just like nut out some difficult scriptural truths. How can we be firstly encouraged as we come into God's presence, that the way that you do it is so legitimate and so good and so fine. But also, how can we be challenged and stretched and grown in our knowledge of him, in our love of him, in our love of his word, in our love of of understanding him, and also in our love of the spirit and how it speaks to us and how we hear from him? I don't know if these feel like two sort of disjointed ideas to you, but they they felt like to me they went together, this idea that we see who God is, that we believe that he is holy, that we declare that his kingdom come. And we come into his presence believing that he can and will and does speak to us. And that in whatever way we naturally tune into him, lean into it and do it. But also be challenged that in in a situation like this, when you get the opportunity to stand in corporate worship and worship him and hear from him, be led by those who are worshippers in our community, follow their lead and lean in to his presence. When we get the opportunity to sit together in small group and the informational people amongst us are like, but did you know, lean in. Engage in those conversations. Hear what God is speaking to us because he is speaking. Because he is speaking. The band is going to um, join us, and we're going to worship. We're going to worship. And so for the, for the spirit people who are absolute worshipers, you're like, yes, my favorite part of the service, when the, when the informational bit is done, and we, and we get to get back into the worshiping of God. But can I encourage you and challenge you this week? Ask yourself those questions of, of who is God in your life? What position does he take? How does uh, being in his presence change what you think about what is happening around you? 
and be challenged in how you lean in. Find new ways to engage with him. And if you've suddenly realised that you're relational, lean even harder into that. Like, mate, when I prepare for a sermon, <laughs> I call Tom Poss. If you don't know Tom Poss, you're missing out. Uh, it's Steve, Pastor Steve and Pastor Jackie's son. They have three children, but like, anyway. I love them all. Anyway, but Tommy, I call Tommy up and I say, I've had this idea. And he would talk to me for like 20 minutes while I'm like, and I thought this and I was wondering that and I was, because he's very informational and I'm very relational and that's how we work together. (laughs) There's connections like that all over the church where the worshippers lead us, where the informational people teach us, where the, where the, uh, where the, Nature people show us the goodness and the glory of God in creation. There's just so, lean into it and feel affirmed that the way you experience God is legitimate and beautiful, but be challenged also to grow in your faith and to grow in other ways, to come into His presence because I know that there is power in proximity to the presence of God. So let it not just be something we do on a Sunday, but let it be something that is part of the rhythms and the routines of our life where we are always in His presence, where we are always aware of His presence, trusting in Him, believing that He is a good Father in heaven. Why don't you stand? We're going to worship. I'm just going to pray. God, we thank You that over these next few weeks, we're going to, we're going to lean further into this topic of prayer and topic of uh, communicating with you and the privilege that it is to to be able to communicate with you and have you communicate back. God, through through the teaching and through the prayer course, God, in all the different ways that we can learn about you and engage with your word and hear from you. God, if we haven't uh, praised you in a while, if we're not naturally a worshipper this morning as we sing, would you help us to tune out everything else? God, help us to sit our hearts on you this morning. We see you, our Father in heaven. Holy, holy is your name. We lean into your presence. And we know and we trust that we can say your kingdom come this morning over every circumstance, your will be done. God, as we come into your presence, the things that stand before us fall at your feet. So God, this morning we come into your presence as people of worship and we lift a song of praise to you. You are good and you are holy and you are worthy of our praise. God, would you hear our praise and our prayers this morning and answer us and let us be people who hear you, not just on a Sunday, but all throughout our week. Jesus, we give you glory this morning and we lift up your powerful name. Amen.